Today, on Commitment to Truth. God can choose you and I for something, but you're not quite ready for the calling. You can even know that's your destiny and still not be ready for it. Because he's looking at what? The heart. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we begin a series titled, I'm Skilled. Throughout our lives, whether we were following the Lord or not, each one of us has gained a set of skills in various areas of our lives. You may think that these skills were only in service to yourself or to a boss and are of no use to God, but you would be wrong. Each skill you have gained can be used in service to Him no matter where you are. This week, Pastor Cedric Brown will begin to teach us how King David learned many skills while he was in the field as a shepherd. He learned how to be a worshiper as he learned to be a shepherd, and David applied these skills learned in the field to his time in service to King Saul. In the same way, the field has a way of reinforcing the skills we learn for current and future service to our Lord. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. So listen, King David, some of you may know him very well. He was a, a skilled warrior. He was a skilled worshiper. He was also a skilled leader. And just like David, um, we too have skills that only can be nurtured, only can be, uh, if you would, prepared um, in uh, and through our fields, shepherd fields, if you would, of life, but then also through our personal failures. Uh, these same skills that God you, gives you and I through failures and, and even uh, our fields of life should ultimately be used for his glory and for the good of others. Uh, so the question will be why, I believe, so that ultimately his kingdom can be established here on this earth, right? Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but then also so that the gospel can spread uh, throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world to all nations, tribes, and tongues into the next generation, even into the lives of children yet unborn. Amen? So that being said, uh, the purpose of the sermon series will be to encourage the body of Christ to use their skill sets they have acquired in the fields and failures of life to help advance the kingdom work. Anybody uh, work and do something for a living? Of some kind, right? I mean, you do some kind of work of some kind. Uh, some of it may be more appreciated than others, but at the end of the day, uh, this work can be used for the kingdom work. Uh, matter of fact, anybody has failed in life. I, I know I have miserably, right? Uh, well, listen, God can also use your failures to ultimately advance the kingdom work. So there's going to be a couple of phrases that I'll use in this sermon series, and, and, and it will be the skills learned in the fields of life. This is when we're faithfully doing what we do with all of our hearts, okay, whatever profession, could be a stay-at-home mom or whatever it may be, whatever you do with all your heart, it should always prepare our hearts for an unknown kingdom purpose. 
In other words, you and I just don't do what we do just to be doing what we're doing, right? Uh, I'm a firm believer that whatever you do, you should do it as though it's the last thing you're ever going to do for the rest of your life. Even if you have passions and desires to do something else, but while you're doing what you're doing, be faithful in that thing, whatever that is, and do it as though it's the last thing you're ever going to do for the rest of your life. To me, that's synonymous with you're faithful in the small. That God eventually rewards you with greater if you know how to live in today and do the best you can possibly do with what he's given you to do it with. But then, likened to that, there's be skills that we learn through failure, and, and you hear this term again, over and over again, is when we're faithfully responding to personal failures, they should always help us better navigate our kingdom purpose and help establish kingdom purposes for generations. In other words, when you see throughout the scriptures, you see men and women fail miserably. But they should be learning in the process that ultimately the following generation should be better off than what they are. So if you can, open your Bibles to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through uh, 18 will be where we're going to start. And, and understand uh, the, the person that we're going to be highlighting through this sermon series will be King David. King David... Uh, it is mentioned throughout the scriptures that he is a man after whom God's own heart. King David was found in the field, minding his own business. Matter of fact, he continued to be a shepherd even after he was located in the field. He remained in the field until he was appointed king. Uh, David failed miserably. But yet, for whatever reason, he's a man after God's own heart. So my hope is that we're going to learn all of this as we, we navigate through uh, David's life. So we're going to focus now, beginning with this first couple of weeks, we're going to be focusing on as David, he, he's, a, he's a shepherd, and, and how and what did David learn in the field, just like we can learn in the field First Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 18, kind of help us navigate there. And if you, as you turn there, please understand this, that there's 150 psalms. David wrote approximately 73 of them. Almost 50% of the psalms, which means there are lyrics to songs. So as we first take a dive at David's life and what he learned in the field, you know what he learned? He learned how to be a worshiper. And one thing is for sure, as you are navigating purposes and plans and pursuits and you want to know what your kingdom purpose is, etc., it will never be, worship will never be excluded from it. We're created to worship God. In everything we do, what we think, what we desire, should net out worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So it's interesting that here's David in the field and, and he's, just, he's just this aggressive worshiper of God. And we're going to see 
some of the <laughs> aggressiveness, if you would, in his worship. So again, First Samuel chapter 16, beginning with verse number one, it says this. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? And this is because Saul was going to be dethroned or God was going to remove his leadership mantle and pass it on to David. It says, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, how can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. You shall invite Jesse to sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you should anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, do you come in peace? Now, side note, Bethlehem, same place, who else is from? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Can anything good come out of Bethlehem? Right, so, so think about that. Jesus eventually comes out of the same place David man after God's own heart, is found in this obscure little town. You don't think God pays attention to the details and or can uncover greatness in an obscure place? So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, do you come in peace? He said, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the, to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed, anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his statue because I have rejected him. For God sees, not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the, at the heart. Which to me, jumping ahead a little bit, that's probably why the field is so necessary. Because God can choose you and I for something, but you're not quite ready for the calling. You can even know that's your destiny and still not be ready for it. Because he's looking at what? The heart. Thank you for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We'll continue with the second part of the message right after this. Question after question stirs within the mind of every business person, each one possessing the potential to sear the most well-intentioned conscience. Thus, a simple tool is needed to help you navigate through those difficult decisions, those required moves that could affect the outcome of not only your career or someone else's career, but the lives of entire families. We're talking generations. My Daily Business. You can purchase this book and others by Cedric Brown at cedricbrown.com. Thank you again for joining us for today's message from Commitment to Truth. We now return for the second half of our message. Verse 8, then Jesse called Abinadab 
and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he is tending the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, uh, send and bring him for we will not sit down until he comes here. Verse 12 says, so 12 says, so he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So again, anointing was there, but the heart, presumably, because he remained in the field and he remained in subservient roles, he wasn't yet ready for what he was anointed for. Sounds familiar. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and the evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Saul's servants then said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from the Lord is terrorizing you. Let our Lord now command your servants whom are before you. Let them seek and make who is a skillful player of the harp, and it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is on you, that he should play the harp with his hand, and you will be well. So Saul said to his servants, provide for me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Verse 18 says, then one of the young men said, behold, I've seen a son in Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, plays his harp in the fields, right? A mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent speech and, hands, a, and a handsome man and the Lord is with him. So it's interesting that the first thing that was mentioned, the first skill set that was needed was him to be a musician, to be a worshiper. The other description of him eventually comes into play later. So let's look at this a little further. So as a shepherd, David, again, he becomes a worshiper. You find in verse 11 that he was, again, he was the keeper of the sheep. That was his pure, unadulterated role, that he was responsible to take care of the sheep. Matter of fact, he was clearly an afterthought. Baby of the family. You'll see in the text later on that his brothers really didn't like him, apparently, or felt some kind of way towards him. Hopefully some of this is resonating with you. But yet he was this skillful harpist that God wanted to now use in some peculiar way. The word skillful means this, to know or learn to know, or to know by experience. So you either know it, you learn to know, which says to you and I, skills are developed. God can give you some abilities but those abilities would never be developed unless you develop them. 
He, you can have a great mind. You can have an ear for music. You can have all the above, but there's the responsibility to become someone who knows or learn to know and or you know by what experience. I, I would have to then assume that David played his harp over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. For his friend to be able to say, I know this guy who happens to play his harp in the field somewhere that no one else sees him but God and a few other shepherd boys. Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4. Turn there with me. This is a psalm of David. We're just going to read verses 1 through 4. This was a, definitely a psalm that was penned by someone who was familiar with shepherding. Because shepherds are normally in their what? Field. If you ever been in the field somewhere, you ever been out like in the country somewhere, it seems like the stars are brighter. The sky is clearer. Listen to this. The heavens are telling of the glory of God. And their expanse is declaring the works of his hands. I could just envision David just laying on his back. Maybe he's, he's, he's the sheep gate. In other words, that shepherd was responsible to maybe herd the sheep in a cave of some kind. And he would lay and put his body in front of the sheep gate or the door or the entrance point. And he, maybe he's just looking up, just pondering what his big brothers are doing and nobody's thinking about him. And he's just out in the field just counting the stars. Day to day, pour forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor their words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and the utterances to the end of the world. In them, he has placed a tent for the sun. Do, do you hear? It's like he has this grasp of nature. And the only way you're going to have a grasp of nature is that you have to beware in the field. So again, just, just really trying to hammer home to you today is that here's David in this obscure role as a shepherd, last of, of the boys in the family, doing an un, a very in, unglamorous you know, task in, in the field, some way, somehow, is connected with God, some way, somehow, becomes this deep worshiper. And it's interesting, that's the first introduction that you have of King David. None of the bears and the lion stories are even really written in details. It just says, I've killed a bear, killed a lion, duh, that's it. But over and over again, you see him as a worshiper, 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 worshiper. You start seeing him worship, and he continues to worship. And it's clear because the text shows that his fingerprints are all over it. 
That being said, as David, what should we be doing with what we've learned? And maybe today that you're saying, well, shucks, I'm not that deep of a worshiper. Well, maybe you, you should probably start. You see, because in the fields of life, first thing that we should learn is this, is that it becomes deeply personal. The things that you are experiencing in life are for yours to experience alone. You see, the beautiful thing about when you go to work, guys, when you go to work, you leave your family at home. And everything you experience at work is only for you. We're going to learn it, it will eventually have a generational impact. But it begins with you. Right, moms? You could be standing at home and your husband's out working and it's just you and a, and a crumb snatchers. And, and, and you know what? And you feel all alone, isolated, staring up at the roof, probably picking flies off the wall sometimes. But at the end of the day, it becomes you and you alone. And I believe to me, that's one of those special training grounds that God gives everyone that you can have buzz all around you, but it's just you and your experience with God. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega, and I am the Administrative and Executive Director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these the Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. Have you ever thought about something good you can give to God or give back to God? Well, there's one thing that the scriptures teach. It says, for it is good to sing praises to our God. You see, maybe you cannot carry a tune or a note like myself, but the scriptures go on to say, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So the next time you feel as though, what can you give God? The next time you step into a church building, a worship service, next time you turn on your radio or put in a CD, maybe still, or plug in your phone and you hear a song of praise, just know that it is good to sing praises to our God, especially when things aren't going so good. It is still good to sing praises to our God. This is Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church with another weekly wire reminding us all no matter what life brings us or what we can bring unto God it is always good to sing praises to our God we hope you enjoyed the sample of our weekly wire again to subscribe to your weekly inspiration refreshment and encouragement please visit www.loveallnations.org thank you again for listening to our series I'm skilled from commitment to truth the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. King David gained many skills throughout his life, including his time before he was king. He learned to worship, 
He learned to rescue, he learned to be a warrior, and he even learned from failure. Just like David, we also learn many skills throughout our lives. God wants to use these skills to build up his kingdom and for his glory. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.